0: The Seattle Seahawks represent a bit of a litmus test for the Cincinnati Bengals in week six, and they're looking to stack wins going into their bye week. Let's break it down. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host Jake Lisko. He's your host James Rapine, and along with a lot of smack talk or a little smack talk and sneaker discourse, cleat discourse, this week we've also got a football game to talk about. As the Cincinnati Bengals prepare to welcome the Seattle Seahawks. To pay course stadium this week. And this episode, when we break down this game, is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And if you're new to the show and you don't want to miss an episode, as we'll be there post game. We'll be there for film reviews. We'll be there for previews. We'll have you covered with all things Bengals news and analysis here on Locked on Bengals. You can subscribe to the show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts become an everyday or don't miss an episode, become a first listener. Make us your first listen every day with your breakfast, your dog walk, your trip to the gym, whatever it is. We appreciate every single one of you and James, the biggest news on Thursday, as we record this episode after Thursday's practice, it's five o'clock or so Eastern time on Thursday evening is that T Higgins is very optimistic Mm -hmm. that he will be able to play this week.
1: Yeah, he is. And I'm not shocked at all. I mean, when I saw him limited on Wednesday, limited again on Thursday, I, I expect him to be full on friday and and good to go. Now, will he be one hundred percent? No, I, I think mentally he's approaching this as a, a season long type of thing. The good news is he'll get to try it this week potentially, and then I'll have the buy to to recover and be even better. And that's part of it is, when you're you're looking at a, a fractured rib or any type kind of injury that a player says could linger, I said, okay. Well, is it better this week than last week? And he said, it is much better, and and that's why he's out there. I watched him jump for a, a ball that was going to Jamar. Individual drills, and he was uh, he was full extension, straight up, and, and was able to uh, not. What would be the word? Not wince at all, and he didn't get the ball. He wasn't jumping as as high as he could, but he didn't wince. And I saw him last week, and I think he was in much more pain than at least I, I see right now. So I would expect him to play, and we obviously know what kind of impact he could have on this offense. So getting him back would be pretty big.
0: It would be a significant boost to a team that is thin at wide receiver right now without him, without – Charlie Jones and his addition would probably force the Seahawks to play a bit more honest in their secondary. It's something that Jamar Chase talked about at his locker, among other topics, on Thursday. The fact that when both of them are out there, it's a little bit harder on defenses to just try to bracket Jamar the whole game, try to cloud Jamar the whole game. It gives the Bengals another answer, although the Bengals have had game plans week three, week five against some quarters heavy teams. Uh, in the Rams and in the in in the Cardinals that that have featured Jamar Chase, especially at and around the line of scrimmage, slants, screens, these sorts of things, where Jamar is able to make plays with the ball in his hands, get those yards after catch, has thirty first downs already this year, which is half of what he had all of last year. Fourteen of those coming just in week five. When you add T back into the mix, it gives you another piece. And we've talked in the past about how T is good at some of the things that Jamar's still good at, but not necessarily the, the strength of Jamar's game compared to what he's good at in other parts of his game. T Higgins on inbreakers. T. Higgins in the contested catch situations where both guys are really good. Joe Burrow really trusts T in both of those contexts. And having him back, not a bad thing at all. Trent Irwin filled in admirably and finding the soft spots in the zone it would be fun to see what the game plan is for T. And I imagine there will still be a rotation there, especially this week as they're working T back in.
1: That's the part that I think is really interesting is how how much do we see T? He said, if I play, I wouldn't be out there just like normal. And I get that, but I think that it will be a little bit um, of a, a rotation, as you put it, but certainly not a game where T's on the field for 85% of the offensive snaps like he normally is. I think it, that could drop some. And uh, that doesn't mean Jamar won't be out there. I think he'll be in the 90s uh, percentage-wise as normal. And then you, you do have Trenton when you can lean on. So would not shock me. I think that's a good point. Just because he plays doesn't mean he won't be on a snap count, at least somewhat of a snap count.
0: The other significant injury note that I wanted to make sure we discuss is Shadobe Awuzie returned to practice in a limited capacity on Thursday as well. And the reason that this is relevant and, and maybe more relevant than it would otherwise be as Cheetos working his way back from a back injury that he sustained last week is Thursday is the, the big practice day in season. For those of you that don't know, that's the full padded practice day is generally the most intense day of the week. Friday, much lighter traditionally is is usually more of a walkthrough kind of day. So if you see these guys potentially go full on Friday, then that would just potentially reflect a, a lighter day of practice comparatively. But, The fact that both guys limited on Thursday is a positive sign as Cheeto was not a guy that we really had a whole lot of a feeling on either way, and back injuries can be tricky.
1: Yeah, they can be. And I was pretty pessimistic, I would say, about Cheeto's status until I saw him in full pads on Thursday, and I was like, oh. Because a lot of times you'll see guys go on Thursday, and and maybe even a Wednesday, but it's to get them back the following week. And in here, I think the Bengals know, they're not coming out and saying, I think they know how important this game is. And when I look at DK Metcalf, who maybe could come up at some point during the show, uh, outside of football at least, or what his, com- his comments were, it would be nice to have Cheeto out there to potentially guard DK some, because DK is just so big and so physically imposing. And I think a wouzier is the best matchup of the, the Bengals' three corners that would potentially play against him cam taylor Britt, and dj turner the second being the other two obviously uh, mike hilton's a starter but you certainly hope to avoid that as much as possible mike hilton dk metcalf matchup but any of those guys he has a huge size advantage on even cheeto cheeto's the biggest of the bunch i think he's the strongest the most physical and so if you can have him out there for that reason i think that alone is worth it even if he is a little limited They've rotated him already with DJ Turner this season earlier in the year. And so I I could just see that being the case where you may not play Cheeto a full allotment of snaps, but he's out there a decent amount and certainly on passing downs.
0: Getting as many of these corners to be available in this game. We we talk a lot about skill players on this podcast. The Bengals are built around some really good skill players. Seattle, a, a very deep team at skill positions. They may not have the top end talent necessarily of a Jamar chase, but DK Metcalf, everybody knows who he is and the kind of freaky things he can do on a football field. Tyler Lockett is a guy that's been winning in the NFL at a high level for a long time. They have two of the better running backs in the NFL. I don't know how you want to rank running backs right now, but we've talked about Kenneth Walker's elusiveness and uh, Zach Charbonnet, the rookie has found his elusiveness a little bit in, in the last couple of games. And maybe some of that is the opponent, you you heard Corbin on the crossover talking a lot about the Giants, who are a very bad football team that the Seahawks recently played. But in addition to those guys, you got another freak at, at tight end and George Fant. Not George Fant. Do I have George? Is George? No. Yeah. Is it because there's, there's the it's other fan. fan? It's Noah fan. Yeah. sorry. George it's fan is tackle, fan. but it is fan. Yes, correct. No Noah fan. Your
1: name, your name dropping and getting it wrong is really rubbing off on me, Jake.
0: Oh, well, it's because there's two fans. They play like right next to each other. Anyway, point is, he's a freak at tight end as well. So there's some really good athletes on this team. Geno Smith, whatever you think of him, has played quarterback at a high level for the Seahawks. So getting as many of these guys back in the secondary. For matchup purposes, however, you want to mix and match guys with Dax Hill mixing in for Fant. I think will be relevant this week if Cheeto's feeling good enough to play.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think having as many of them available, I think we'll see uh, a rotation potentially at corner if Cheeto is playing, and then I think we could see a rotation at safety too. And we know the the hot button issues that we'll hit on for this defense, and certainly. Uh, for this offense, we've gone, what, 10 minutes without mentioning Joe Burrow? So let's uh, let's get to that man and let's get to the rest of this matchup because I think it's a, a really big matchup, uh, a game I believe is a must-win. Jamar Chase said the same thing. This week is another must-win. So let's dive into this matchup. Bengals-Seahawks coming up next.
0: This episode of Locked Bengals is sponsored by Jace Medical. Jace Medical believes that everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected or even during travel. And that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case, which provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency they make sure you have that medication in hand and Jace Medical makes it simple for you because they will handle everything from online evaluation to that licensed pharmacy medication delivery and even ongoing consultation and care. Jace Medical doesn't want you to get caught unprepared, so they're offering $20 off these life-saving antibiotics using promo code Locked On at checkout. At That's jasemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com.
1: Today's show is also brought to you by Schultz Jewelers. Schultz Jewelers has been locally owned and operated for more than 70 years, right here in the Queen City. Owner Matt Schultz is a diehard Bengals fan himself and raised in Cincinnati. He has the traditions, the family values of the Queen City. And if you're looking for anything, any kind of diamond, whether it's custom jewelry, whether it's that perfect engagement ring, whether it's the perfect birthday present with the holidays coming up, man, I can't believe, like 10 weeks away it's Christmas. Schultz Jewelers is the place to go. They're going to make sure that you're happy, ensuring that your vision gets brought to life and that your budget stays intact. They have lab-grown diamonds, so you can get your fiance her dream ring without hurting your wallet and they're a modern jewelry store so they have unique custom designs top rated permanent jewelry there really isn't anyone like them and you can check them out at 2202 dixie highway in fort mitchell just five minutes from the bridge into kentucky or check them out online at schulzdiamonds.com. that's schultz we know the bengals strive for perfection schultz jewelers does too because when it has to be perfect it has to be schultz jewelers.
0: James, as we get into this matchup and touch on Joe Burrow's health, which seems to be more of an afterthought than ever, which is great news. um, Certainly one thing that will come up will be DK Metcalf's comments and, and Jamar's subsequent reply and embracing of smack talk. Jamar talking about, you don't like football if you don't like smack talk. Well, I don't agree with that because I do like football quite a bit and don't care for smack talk. It's it's good stuff for Jamar Chase, fuel to the fire there. And the, the update on this is Bob Candata, who covers the Seahawks for the Seattle Times, asked Devin Witherspoon about those comments. He he smiled when asked about it and said, that's dope. Shout out to DK. So Witherspoon appreciating the support from his teammate, but some, some fire there for Jamar Chase. And we'll get to Joe Burrow. There are some notes on Joe Burrow, but... I thought the timely update from the West Coast here as as the Seahawks media is getting ready for their Thursday coverage was interesting.
1: Yeah, look, what's whether going to say? I, I think Chase handled this the right way as well. A lot of people have said, well, what do you expect DK to say? And he was just asked about what he respects, what he likes about Jamar Chase. <laughs> so he, for 21 seconds, nailed it. And then he went out of his way. I, I, I think back to what Joe Burrow said about Witt Martindale's comments a few years ago when he was the Ravens defensive coordinator, that it was an unnecessary comment. And that's what I think this was. Now, am I complaining? Heck no. I love the trash talk, too. And let's be real, Jake. You talk a little trash, too, in competition. And so you saying that oh, you don't like trash talk. Yeah, right. It, it, you, you do. And I, from a, a competitive standpoint, Uh, I I think everybody does to a certain degree. And Jamar loves it. I mean, I I love that he loves it and embraces it. And his comfort level during his weekly interview sessions now, it's just reached a whole nother level of of how comfortable he is uh, around reporters, around cameras, and and just being his authentic self. And so his bottom line was, yeah, he's going to have to guard me. I'm going to have to play well. We'll see who wins the matchup. And that's it I I think he separates the trash talk from the actual on the field Which is what actually happens Like this idea that This bulletin board material is going to change The outcome of Sunday's game That just doesn't happen And, And Chase has that perspective So I think he has a unique perspective there And this Bengals team does for the most part That doesn't mean it won't give Jamar a little extra motivation He might talk a little trash at some point on Sunday But that probably happens anyway
0: I'll tell you what whenever these players have an opportunity after a game that they've won, when there has been trash talk preceding the game, they will blame the trash talk and say, yeah, you know, think about Travis Kelsey. Think about Joe Burrow's comments on week Martindale when they're asked about it. And, and especially Kelsey who goes out of his way, uh, I I think in recent history, they, they will point to it on the topic of Joe Burrow. Sure.
1: Because the chiefs Bengals rivalry was the best in the NFL the past two years. And so the Bengals would have pointed to all the trash talk from the Chiefs too had they won. That's just,
0: that it, it's easy to do after you win. To Especially save. in a rivalry game. The Bengals play the Seahawks yeah. once every four years. Yep. The Joe Burrow update is not really an update. He said he felt, we talked about this yesterday, as, as good as he's felt since the injury when he talked to the media on Wednesday. He's got some new shoes. We're talking more about his shoes and we're talking about his calf this week in Cincinnati media, in Bengals social media. So that's got to be a good sign for the calf. But the fact remains that he's not 100%. He's still talking about needing to get healthier. He's certainly playing more like himself. And I think you can expect him to to continue to play more like himself, like we saw him do against the Arizona Cardinals. He told you yesterday, James, on Wednesday, that it was a bit of a different spot where this injury occurred and and it wasn't as intense as how he described it. So hopefully the calf just continues to get better. He continues to maintain that position that every day he doesn't aggravate it. It improves getting through this week though. And then getting that week off without further incident is, is pretty crucial for the rest of the season. Well, no doubt. And that's why like, it's still on my mind. Yeah. (laughs) Like
1: I'm sick of talking about it. I don't want to, but I also know what hinges on it, and you need him to be really good on Sunday if they're going to beat this talented Seahawks team. I think they're pretty darn good top to bottom. They're just a solid team all around. There's no huge giant, oh, my goodness, this defense is awful in this area. Like, nope, and the offense, they, they can do a lot as well. So it, it's a it's a good test, but you need Joe Burrow to be healthy, I think, the climb – or or to answer this test rather and, and, and handle business. So we'll see, but I'm just, I don't even want to say nervous about it, but it's still on my mind. And hopefully he can put that, that concern to ease on Sunday, play well, not have a setback and then go into the bye. because if that happens, then you're two more weeks before your next game, you you feel pretty darn good. I I think that he can move forward and, and be healthy.
0: There's one spot that I think, well, there's several spots. This game, like you said, the Seahawks top to bottom are are just solid. Yeah. You know, all all over the place. There's just solid play at every level from the front four on defense, all the way back to the secondary on the offensive line. If they have Charles cross back to the tight ends, wide receivers, the quarterback, the running backs, there's a lot of talent to go around. If there is a deficiency, it does seem to be in the trenches where we talked about this with Corbin, a lot of their, Pass rushing production is coming from non-defensive linemen, although Mario Edwards on the interior, along with Jaron Reed, who is a familiar name as he's flirted with the Bengals in the past in in Cincinnati, have been their best pass rushers according to PFF grading and and according to PFF charting in terms of numbers, a number of pressure. So another challenge for that interior offensive line for the Bengals. But the edge, Boye Maffe, Derek Hall getting some run on the edge, And the other big rep guy on the edge is Daryl Taylor, not necessarily the highest level of challenge. So a lot of focus on the trenches again, looking to carry over a solid level of play last week. They got beat on a couple of stunts. They also picked up some others well on film review that we haven't talked about a ton. It wasn't as big of an issue as it seemed watching live. Those just get magnified when you notice them and they lead to sacks. So plenty of challenges here. And I think we're not done talking about some of those challenges for the Bengals offense, against the seahawks defense before we get to the other side of the ball so we'll finish those conversations coming up next
1: today's show is also brought to you by prize picks prize picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in north america and they are the easiest and most exciting way to play dfs all you do instead of battling thousands of other players including pros and sharks you pick more or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. So you pick two or more players and whether they're going to have more or less in a specific category, Saquon Barkley for more than 60 rushing yards, for example, example, or let's use Jamar chase for more receptions than his projections with prize picks. You can do all of that. Plus they have weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts and you can get up to 25 times your money. All you have to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL with code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100.
0: James, one of the big topics for me this week that I've talked about a couple of times is there's a different defensive structure that Seattle is going to present doing a lot of what they did with the Legion of Boom, a lot of cover three, a lot of cover six, a lot of middle of field close. The Bengals have had their greatest success this year against quarters teams, mentioned that earlier in this show, but historically have been really good downfield when they have those opportunities to get to the sidelines, have been pretty good against cover three throughout Joe Burrow's career. But the offense, one way or another, needs to find a way to push the right buttons to keep that success going this week. To go into the bye, putting two good games together in back-to-back weeks against pretty good defenses. And no matter what the matchups are or or what you want to highlight, when we're talking about results and thinking about what we want to be saying and thinking next week in that bye week, is the offense has stacked some good games. They're, they're clearly on the right path. They're showing all these signs that they're figuring things out and getting to where they need to be for what we're hoping is a playoff push in the second half because that's a lot more fun to talk about than the alternative.
1: Sure. Yeah, I think that's why this game is so is so important is, is, is it can be the propeller to a degree. I mean, I get it. You could maybe point to Arizona as that, but they to me they need this one just to get to three and three. It's it's just such a big difference. I know it's only one game technically. It feels so different than than two and four. And and you got to sit on this game for two weeks. They thought that that long ride back from Arizona would have been rough had they lost. I had multiple players say that we can't go home on that long flight. But two weeks is a long time to to be. And I know they wouldn't think about it the whole time, but it would it would hang over their head. So yeah, this is it's a game to me that's going to come down to a few things, one of which is this defense. I think a couple of weeks ago, everyone said, and you mentioned it with their defensive front, 11 sacks against the Giants. Okay. Like that, that's such an inflated number. This front isn't that. I'm much more worried, honestly, about Bobby Wagner in the secondary than I am the their front. And I think this Bengals offensive line should be okay against it now. I do think defensively, assuming that that Joe is Joe, I think they'll be fine offensively, but defensively, this is tough because the Seahawks, if they can protect Geno Smith, which has obviously been a question over the first four games for them, they can do a little bit of everything, and that's what makes them dangerous. DK Metcalf is a home run hitter. Tyler Lockett is a home run hitter. Jackson Smith and Jigba, they continue to talk about when's his breakout coming, And, and you certainly hope it waits a week. But they can also run the ball, and they've been able to run the ball. And this Bengals offense or Bengals defense, excuse me, has given up rushing yards and explosive plays. So it's a really good test, I think, for this Bengals defense. They're at home, so you you can come back home sweet home. Got to take advantage of an opportunity here to take a step forward.
0: Yeah, when the Bengals defense is on the field, it's still a litmus test, right? And I I talked about that earlier. The Seahawks present this litmus test on both sides of the field, meaning you're going to get some questions answered. In this game, that if things started to look good against the Cardinals, say you, you felt good about the early pressure, you felt good about Trey Hendrickson getting home, you felt good about the interception opportunities and the discipline and coverage in that game that for the most part was present. They, they got beat on a slot fade again. The, the Seahawks in, in multiple facets are going to challenge you on defense. They're going to be a multiple personnel group. On offense, you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel with Will Disley and Noah Fant on the field. You're going to see a lot of 11 personnel where they'll roll out DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. So they're going to be personnel versatile. You're going to see Kenneth Walker. You're going to see uh, the, the, the rookie Zach Charbonnet as well. They're, they're going to have a bunch of different packages out there. And Lou Anaruma, who's obviously over the last two years been great with his preparation for for various types of teams and has been very scheme versatile and has been willing to adapt from game to game we will have to be ready for those various looks and the various ways Seattle wants to attack you by being a run first offense a play action heavy offense and, and part of that's going to be game script too right hmm. but you talk about a couple things that have been hard for this defense and that's that's discipline on the backside of, of run plays and, and contain That's tackling issues that have come up a couple times, especially in the last couple of weeks, that needs to be better. And again, that's the case this week where Seattle, I'm sure, will have a a good offensive game plan. I'm sure they will get theirs on offense. I don't think this is an offense that you go shut out. If they do, tons of credit to the defense, and we'll sing their praises in the postgame. But you need to contain it and make it difficult. And, and the explosive play rate, especially in the run game that we've seen from this defense in the first five games, needs to drastically improve over the long haul. And this would be a great time for that to start.
1: Yeah, it would. I, I thought it was going to last week. And it overall, numbers-wise, you could say did, but it didn't. Because the James Conner explosive, you give up the 11-yard touchdown run. And and so hopefully that they can right the ship there. But it's going to be a test. And that's why... This idea, and I and I love the logic going back to where we started. Of, I'll oh, give T. Higgins another week because then he gets two weeks with the bye. Give Cheeto another week; he gets two weeks. If these guys can go, you need them. It 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 really does need to be all hands on deck because I think it is that that important of a game, and it's that talented of an opponent. They're not perfect, but they're solid everywhere, like we said. And if Joe Burrow is is what he was last week, I think they have a good shot to win. But It's going to come down to the defense being a little bit better than they were last week and this offense continuing to take a step forward. And T. Higgins playing, for example, would be a step towards that.
0: Coming into the season, I would have thought this was one of their early challenging games. Baltimore and Seattle in their first six games, right, were were the two games when we were looking at the schedule where I'm like, yeah, Seattle's tricky, you know, I think they should beat them. I think they're better. But Seattle's tricky, and you go look at the, the non-reactive power rankings, the Elo power ranking systems, the systems that don't essentially just do power rankings based on record, because they're they're using some of preseason expectations to factor in how strong they they think each team is some of you know last year's data and, and factor in you know player retention and those sorts of things. Seattle's still like a top twelve, top fourteen team by those metrics and in traditional power rankings, I think they're higher. It's still a good challenge. And I think that's why we keep talking about litmus tests and all these things. And, and the must-win idea is also backed up by the, the San Francisco game on the other side of the bye week. That, yeah, you know, yes, the Bengals are a good team. San Francisco right now looks like they might be one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL. So that's going to be a challenge on the other side. Feels a lot better going three and three into that game. And James, you think, given all this conversation, the Bengals can get the job done at home? Is Joe Burrow going to reprise another good performance and and buy back all the good faith that this calf thing is behind him and the Bengals are right the rest of the way? I expect him to play well.
1: I do. I think that he's going to play well. I think this offense is going to play well. You can't expect Jamar Chase to have 15 catches every week, but T. Higgins can make up for some of that. I think Tyler Boyd. It is going to be a bit more involved this week, if I had to guess. And um, don't expect this Bengals team to be able to run the ball a ton. Joe Mixon's been running it efficient enough, and so I, I think he'll get the bulk of the carries still, and that search for the guy to touch the ball behind him in that running back room, it probably continues. But this offense is in position, I think, to be able to move the ball up and down the field. Defensively, I think they can keep the Seahawks in check enough to squeak out a win. 27-24 the Bengals get to 3 and 3 they win by a field goal they get close to 30 points at home and uh, yeah they are feeling pretty good going into the bye I, I if i have to go into that locker room and they won going into the bye it's going to be an exciting excited group no doubt
0: it's a pretty big game for playoff hopes when you think about the, the grand scheme of things, the, the way things have gone so far, the way you're going to feel about this team going into those post by matchups, getting to three and three this week is a big boost in the way you're going to feel about this team going into the bye, coming out of the bye with the more difficult schedule uh, on the other side of the bye. But last year, it was a more difficult schedule too. And the Bengals figured things out on the way to all of those wins all the way to the afc championship game but to do that i think that starts this week and and i think that starts with accomplishing what you've just outlined james and going to be a good game at least on paper it looks like it's going to be a good game so excited for it we'll have you covered here on lockdown bengals after the game with your post game takeaways and reaction until then thanks for listening to this episode of the lockdown bengals podcast who day and have a good one